heart disease, liver disease, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, all are caused by what we're eating. Some of those things can be reversed when we stop doing it. But there's no, there's no money in health. There's money in sickness. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. This is Pat McCauley, as always. My guest this week is the one and only Todd Crandall. If you've been following the show, I had Todd on last summer in August after we met at the beginning of the swim uh, right before the race started at Ironman Maine. Um, And I believe that was his 96th Ironman event. Um, and we caught up for an episode after I met him and he was on his way to do his 100th at, uh, the Ironman world championships in Kona. Um, and he is still going, he's got another 14 or 15 planned this year. Um, I mean, it's just, it's wild to me. He's 56. He's a, he's a proud vegan of many years. Um, and yeah, he just, he just lets the, lets his actions do the talking um, with, with his lifestyle, and I love it. Um, but for those that don't know, he is the founder of Racing for Recovery. Uh, he has a facility in Ohio uh, that helps people struggling with addiction. He himself is 30 years sober, um, and his story is just incredible. So if you want the full Todd story, go back and listen to that episode. Um, this one, we talk a lot about his new book, which is called Do No Harm, which is available on Amazon, um, and I'll leave the link in the show notes. Um, always a pleasure to catch up with this dude. I'm going to do um, Ironman Massachusetts with him in June, uh, so fired up, and hopefully I can do some some video in, in maybe uh, another episode with him after that one. Um, anyway, follow this guy, check out his book, uh, prepare to be inspired. Without further ado, the one and only Todd Crandall. All right, we're rolling, man. Okay. How's it going? It's going real well. Things are good. Life is really good. Yeah, I love it, man. So, so I wanna, I wanna jump right into, I because the last time, the last episode we did, you were, you had done ninety-eight Ironmans, and you had one more, and then you were gonna do uh, Ironman World Championships for the hundredth. Um, and you've done that. You've done over a hundred now. How many have you done now? 104. 104. Unbelievable. And you're just, you're just going to keep checking them off. I guess, you know, I, I don't have a plan. You know, somebody asked me, are you trying to get to 200? I'm like, no, I'm just, this is my lifestyle. It's been my life for since 1999 when I got into Ironman and you know, I've been sober since 2001, so it, it's just kind of what I do that then turned into forming Racing for Recovery, and it it just evolved. So through Ironman, a lot of ideas have come business-wise, a lot of experience experiences personally have come to fruition, and I just keep going because good things come when you keep going. It's kind of a weird answer, but it's the best I have, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, amen. Well, what was it like? Did it feel any different? Obviously, the race at, at Kona Ironman World Championships is different, a different experience. But did it feel like you had accomplished something when you did the 100th, or did it just feel like another day out there doing what you do? No, nah, you know, you'll you'll do Kona someday. I, you'll, you'll get there. Uh, and we can talk about the difference of Kona now versus, versus when I did it in 2006, because it's a significant difference. Uh, for me finishing that, it was, it was awesome. It was everything and then some. It was a great feeling. Uh, did it change me? No. It solidified everything that I already was. And it, it embraced the possibility of continuing it to be a better human being. That, that's what it meant to me. And to have my, you know, uh, my daughters were there, people from Racing for Recovery were there, you know, Mark Allen gradu- or congratulated me at the finish. It was like, it was, it was pretty awesome. And it just, so when people say, oh, Kona's just another race, it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's pretty awesome. And for me to do my 100th Ironman there was, it was pretty cool. I, I will say this, I do not think I will ever do that again, simply because I, I don't think I can ever capture that high again. And I don't want to diminish what that was for me. So if I go back there, I'm doing the half out there in a couple of weeks. But if I go back to the full, it'll be to support a friend like you or one of a, a client at racing for recovery, but I, I can't see myself actually doing that race again. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I guess something we should probably do in case people haven't heard the previous episode, there's always people coming in and coming out and listening to episodes and not li- listening for a few weeks. So if you would, would you give us kind of the cliff notes version of, you know, that, that whole path to doing a hundred Ironmans and, and maybe talk a little bit about racing reco- for recovery. And then we can jump into all the new stuff you're working on after that. Cool. Well, I, I'll tell you that some of my backstory, a cliff note version is the, is the, uh, the blessing of meeting you in this whole thing. And I'll, I'll get to that. So, you know, I, my real mom committed suicide from her drug addiction. Uh, my uncle killed himself from a drug addiction, and my aunt killed herself from a food addiction. So out of four kids, three of them self-destructed and eventually took their own lives. So, you know, genetically, I'm predisposed to, to that, and I have struggled and still battle with unfortunate thoughts like that. Uh, I did have my own drug addiction for 13 years, and everything that comes with drug addiction. I don't really want to get into the stories of that. If you want those, you can read a couple of our other books, but everything that comes with drug addiction, I experienced it. And most importantly, I chose, and I use that word chose, I chose sobriety on April 15th of 1993 after getting my third drunk driving charge. And I said, I'm done. Uh, I didn't go to rehab. I quit cold turkey and just said, I'm done with this life. I want something new. And the new for the past 30 years has been improving myself, healing from trauma, regaining relationships that were broken because of my choices, doing Ironman, like we've said, forming Racing for Recovery to be of service to other people and taking my life experiences and making them work in a program that has been saving lives for over 20 years. And here we are. 
on your awesome podcast talking about our fourth book. Yeah, I love it, man. And yeah, we so we crossed paths at Ironman Maine um, when we were we were both both of the swim start. I had the eat plants, drink beer on on my back. Uh, you do half of that. <laughs> yeah, I try to do half of that most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, no, we we connected the the plant based and, and vegan connection, and then uh, and then we went out and, and crushed the race. Yeah. Well, let's and, wait a minute. You you crushed it. I participated and finished again, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. no, well you had that you had that you had that drop chain. Otherwise I might not have caught you on the on the bike. Maybe I would have caught you on the run, but Yeah, you can run, man. You can run. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know again, buddy, I remember that and I these are the types of things that sobriety and my choices to remain sober have brought me. And of all the people there, I spotted you and, and, and what you were wearing. And I think I did say, hey, man, you know, that's a great thing. I do half of that or whatever it was. It was some type of sarcastic comment that came from the heart that then we, we talked and developed a friendship. And, and here we are. And somebody's going to watch your awesome podcast today and they're going to reap the benefits of it. And that's, that's what life's all about. Yeah, 100%, man. All right, before we, before we get into uh, the new book, uh, can we get into a little bit more about what Racing for Recovery does and the resources you guys have available? Absolutely. And I, I so appreciate you asking me this stuff. So when people think of somebody battling drugs or alcohol, they think, oh, you go off to rehab someplace for 30 days and you come out and you're cured. And that flat out just doesn't work. Uh, so racing for recovery got started because I was in a, our local newspaper and I think the title of it was called, you know, from, from addict to iron man. And the response I got from that article was overwhelming. You know, people that I knew were calling me, people that I did drugs with were calling me, people I didn't know were calling me and they all said, you know, Hey, you know, great story. And I thought I need to do something with this to be to find my life's purpose and to be of service, as I said earlier. So I didn't want to copy what traditional programs do. So the concept of Racing for Recovery initially was just to do a 5K run the way Race for the Cure had done for breast cancer. That's all I wanted to do. Well, then people from traditional support groups started calling me and saying, hey, do you have something that's different? So the difference that I wanted to do was to put everybody who's been affected by uh, addiction into one support group meeting, not separating people, but including everyone. Because in essence, everybody has been affected by addiction. Somebody knows somebody who's having a hardship with this. And then once the success of our 5K and the support group meetings started to really take off, I decided to go back to school and get a master's degree and become a, a licensed professional counselor because I wanted to validate what I felt as a kid prior to drugs, what I felt during drugs, and what I started to know in sobriety, and that is this. Most people that are battling drug addiction or food addiction or self-destructive behaviors, it's a result of having some type of trauma that they don't know how to cope with effectively, that they're choosing some destructive modality to cope with, and it ruins lives. So clinically, if we can understand the impact of that trauma, 
then implement a balanced holistic lifestyle that includes exercise, obviously eating plants, clinical licensed education, you then start to see people who not only stop the self-destructive behavior, they understand it and they enjoy living a life, not just I'm not using, but I'm miserable. I want people to flat out um, enjoy the fact that they're sober, be grateful for it and go out there and start fulfilling life's purpose. And that's what Racing for Recovery has been doing for 22 years. It's beautiful, man. And, and for people, for people not in your general area, you do some online stuff as well, right? We do. We're not only the first program that ever has a, a concept like we do, but we took the success of that support group meeting and we broadcast it live every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. People can tune in on our Facebook page or the Racing for Recovery YouTube page and get free therapy, if you will. There's an online chat um, I have a podcast called Ignite Euphoria, you know, with books, movies, what have you. But the, the live stream is a way to connect like-minded people around the globe every weeknight. And, our, and the episodes are archived so people can go back and watch them. But it's just a, another way to be of service that doesn't cost any money to anybody. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, you have done 104 Ironmans. How old are you again? I'm 56. You're 56 sober. How many of those years? 30. 30 years. Wow. Congrats, man. Thanks, so, man. Thir 30 years sober, 104 Ironmans. At some point, I know you haven't been plant-based that whole time, and we talked a ton on the previous episode. Um more on i think the addiction side and all you're doing with racing reco for recovery so i think this will be a perfect little uh follow-up episode um yeah. yeah i'd love to understand why you went plant-based in the first place um and then kind of how that has led into uh the the book that you just wrote well first i want to show this this is a sample but the book is do no harm there's my pet pig milo on the front that has a a sample thing that's just it actually, it's do you actually have a pet pig i do so the cover oh, there awesome. he is that, that's milo you can't see him so well but <laughs> yeah we've had him for oh god seven years maybe and that dude enhanced my life that's why he's on the front um i will say let's talk about the benefits of and being vegan and i used to struggle with saying the word vegan because it has such a negative connotation but you and I are out to show the world that that is a beautiful word, not a negative word. Uh, I wish I would have known what I know now when I was born. And someday we're going to live in a society where people aren't even questioning this topic anymore. But I wasn't, I didn't know. Uh, I will give people a pass when they don't know. But once you do know, you're, you're making the wrong decision. So for me, having Milo... And also watching all the good movies on Netflix, Knives Over Fork, Forks, uh, uh, Game Changers, you know, uh, Cowspiracy, you know, Seaspiracy. I watched them one after the other on February 1st, 2016, and I said, I'm out. It was kind of like another sobriety date. I'm like, I'm done. I can't eat it anymore. I also watched the... Um, 
I can't think of the name of the movie, um, Earthlings. I believe it's Earthlings where that they show that cow that's in line to get killed and he realizes what is happening because they can think, they can feel, they know, and he tries to get out of the, the kill shoot. I, I cried, you know, and I'm not embarrassed to say that. I cried and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I, that's it. And I, I stopped. And just like with sobriety, when I first quit, it, it became this, this quest to be educated not give my opinion, because with all due respect, I don't really care about what your opinion is with this. I'm into facts, and you cannot dispute the facts. Um, that's what this new book's about. That's what we're talking about here today. I, these are facts, and I love learning factual information that not only ends the suffering of innocent animals, it improves our health, it reduces healthcare costs, and it's going to save our planet. And let's not make any mistakes. We are destroying, absolutely destroying our planet. And it's, it's not going to come back if we keep doing this. And that's why I'm just as passionate about um, being vegan and sharing that message as I am about helping people get sober. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, do you, so you had done how many 50, 60 Ironmans pre- going vegan so yeah that let's say that yeah i done i had done a lot and I, I finished a lot and i can tell unequivocally that doing them now for the past six years since i turned 50 if you will i not only still finish them about the same time i was doing them before but i I'm walking around like I didn't even do anything afterwards. And it's funny because people will say that to me every time I'm doing a race. They're like, dude, you don't even look like you did anything. And I'm like, that's because of what I eat and what I don't eat. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a definite correlation <laughs> to how people, what they say, how they feel, how they look, how they act. It's all correlated with what you eat. And then obviously exercise is a big component of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you, how do you, like, I think anybody, like even us vegans to some degree, you can go through periods where you can still kind of forget or disconnect from where your food is coming from. Right. And not saying that, um, not saying that you change what you're doing or anything, but you, it's just easy to forget even when you're, you know, having a, having a, a gel when you're racing or like anything like that. It's just, it's easy to just go through your day and not connect at all back to the food. And I think like I've seen so many people, you know, over the past 10 years that I've been doing this, like come in and out of being vegan. Right. And they, because they just don't connect often back to why they made the choice in the first place. Yeah. Do you have any like tips or advice for people on how to just reconnect to the why Mm -hmm. of, of why you're doing it in the first place every day? That's a great question. My reconnection, if you will, and it goes back to what my sobriety is built on. And that's three words, empathy, humility, and gratitude. So, and I used empathy first because I 
I don't, I don't want to say I force myself. I allow myself to watch the horrific videos every day on Instagram right. or social media. I watch them. I, I won't say I watch all of them or all the way through, but I watch it enough to know that's wrong. And I, what I don't, you know, and you'll hear this all the time, oh, I can't watch that. Well, you should watch it. Because if you can eat it, you need to watch it. Because you owe it to that innocent mm -hmm. soul that got murdered. And I will say that. That innocent soul that got murdered so you can put a bunch of salt and ketchup and whatever on it and then try and tell me that you like the taste of meat, but you got to put all your stuff on it. You owe it to them to watch what you're eating. And that brings me back to why I stay grounded with it. Even when I'm fortunate enough to be on an airplane and flying to another Ironman, when the food comes out, the smell of what I'm smelling, it, it makes me sick. I'm like, we're all flying in this plane going to a beautiful destination and we're doing it off the up we're off of murder you know uh it, it brings me back to um uh compassion uh empathy mm -hmm. gratitude that i don't do it and just putting a message out there of facts again that i keep talking about that hey man i don't do this anymore and here's why and I, i'll tell you and i'm sure you find it too i have never found a more combative conversation than than this never i've it just blows my mind the the fight of over what we're talking about here uh, you know i mean i i hope i don't offend anybody about on this but if i do um you got to question yourself why you're offended but we used to think that slavery was normal we used to think that women not voting was normal and someday and I hope I'm around, we're going to look back at what we've been doing with animals and we're going to go, I can't believe as a society we did that because it's not normal, you know? A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. So the book, I know we're, we're dancing around, obviously, the, 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 the why behind the book, um, but what'd you put in it? Um, you know, what was really the, your, your thinking, um, as you as you wrote the book and yeah kind of what's in there well i gotta i gotta give props where props are due and i have to put on my glasses because i am 56 uh my co-author <laughs> um and you can look her up on instagram she goes by the name fox ibanez uh she is a she's a vegan she is intelligent as uh all get out you folks in boston She's wicked smart, right? <laughs> uh, and I got connected with her just from being vegan, and we started talking about this. And when we decided we were going to do a book, we wanted to do a vegan book that covers everything. And it, again, it's all facts. And she has put together a phenomenal 556 pages of information on how many how many billions of animals are slaughtering each species and what they go through the impact on our environment she talks about circuses she talks about the clothing industry that is made off of the suffering of animals um, we have our own chef uh, chef dean who's a, a success story at racing for recovery who now cooks vegan food here every day for the 100 people that reside with us here at Racing for Recovery. We have his recipes in the book. Uh, it's, it's 
it's a it's a beast. It is a beast of a book that covers every topic you can think of on this subject. You know, again, the environment, the the uh, the environmental toll that we're putting on our globe with this stuff is it's crazy. Some of these facts that are in the book are mind blowing. Over 30,000 30, miles of U.S. rivers are beyond repair from from pig crap. You know, it, it, it's like, come on. I mean, how many people want to take their kids or their grandkids and just enjoy a swim in the river? You can't do it anymore. We're going to have fishless oceans by 2048. Gone. Not not coming back. Gone. The, the healthcare industry, heart disease, liver disease, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, all are caused by what we're eating. Some of those things can be reversed when we stop doing it. But there's no, there's no money in health. There's money in sickness. And if we could change the way our healthcare system is looking at this stuff, um, it's going to do a world of good. So the book is just full of all of this stuff. And again, it's not my opinion. I'm not here to give an opinion on anything. I don't want anybody's opinion. You know, I, I want to discuss facts and how people look at them. And that's what I hope that this book does. I know it's going to infuriate some people. I've already heard it. Um, that's okay. You know, I put it back on the individual. Why are you mad at something that can help change your life? Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, some of the the numbers that I'm sure you cover very well in the book are just... They're so big, it's like you can't you can't understand it, you know, yeah. because it's so, as you said, mind-blowingly big. But yeah, I think the one that I always tell people is the the largest consumer of fish is farmed animals. Yes, isn't that crazy? Right. right. I mean, it's like we we kill the oceans to feed the animals, then we kill the animals to feed us that kill us. It's like this insane, insane cycle that, uh, I mean, it's just, it really is mind-blowing. I, you know what? Here, let's just do this. I'll just open this thing. Yeah, fire it open. Um, a scalding tank. Okay, this is on page 217. It looks like we're talking about chickens here. Um, so I'll just, here's a scalding tank. Then they are thrown into a scalding bath to have their feathers removed. According to the U.S. Department of Agricultural Records, nearly one million chickens and turkeys are boiled alive every year. That's just one thing on page 217. Now, what if we were doing that to dogs and cats? People would lose their freaking minds. But why is it that we'll, we'll drink the secretions of certain animals and then if I say are you gonna drink cow's milk people are like oh my god what's what's the matter with you and I'm like what's the difference and and let's take it even a step further and I know you'll you can appreciate this the word rape I mean that evokes some emotions we are doing that every day separating we're artificially in, uh, inseminating these innocent female cows and then immediately when their caps are born, we take them away. Can you imagine doing that with babies? I mean, people would lose their freaking minds. But yet, why is it that 
one species thinks that we can dominate another species. And I, I, I don't understand it. And I'm, I'm almost embarrassed that I, I didn't know this stuff before. Um, and like I said before, if you don't know, okay, but then when you do know, you, you have a choice and that's where things can get sticky. It's kind of like alcoholism. Once you're shown, hey man, you're, you're kind of ruining your life over here and here's a way to not do that, it becomes a, a cognizant choice. That's why I'm not a big advocate of, oh, I've got a disease. N no, you don't. You're making choices based on emotional issues, let's help you understand that and make some positive choices. And then if you can do that with alcoholism, you certainly can do it with the food you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. I hope no, you don't no. get in trouble for having me on your show this time. No, buddy. man. Are you kidding me? I love this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love this. No, to be honest with you, like I, I don't do these enough, you know, like I, you know, probably because of the, the same reason, like you're mentioning, like with, you know, the backlash from the book and, you know, I've just been doing this enough where like, I just get tired of arguing with yeah. people about it. It's just like, I, I don't have, I just don't want to waste my energy on trying to convince yeah. somebody to like be compassionate to all animals, which sounds like a very basic thing to me. Um, yeah. and, and just, as you said, the right thing to do. And it's just like, I'm just, just making that choice. I got a million other things to eat. It's, it's not that difficult, but, um, you know, I, I don't do these enough. So I'm fired up. Like we did the, we did the one before, um, you know, on Ironmans and, and all you do for racing for recovery. Um, obviously this ties in like this yeah. is maybe that's a pretty cool. Did you ever connect with, um, with Adam who, I, who I, did he ever respond to you? No, um, you know, he was doing a, I, I'm going to follow up with him. I'm glad, okay. I'm glad we're talking about this because, yeah. um, yeah, he was doing that, uh, that study on diets impact on addiction recovery. Yeah. And specifically he was doing it with a vegan diet. Well, it's hard. Look at, look at what you did. You just ran New York. You're doing Ironmans. You're a successful business owner. You're vibrant. And when people, I'm sure you get those compliments all the time. And I go back to, well, how, how do you think I live this way, man? You know, I, I don't live this way because I'm putting dead carcasses in my body every day. And I feel sick. I, you know, you don't have high blood pressure or diabetes anymore. There's reasons why you're able to do what you do. As the same for me, it's not, I, I, it's not just because I quit drinking. That, I mean, yes, that was a, an impact on this, but it's everything I've done since I've stopped drinking, including what I'm putting in my mouth. When I go to bed at peace, because I gave it my best for that day, I sleep well, I wake up energized, I exercise, and I eat plants that then just puts me on like a rocket ship for the rest of the day. I don't need caffeine and you know pop and candy canes or whatever it is for some type of energy i'm it's a natural i don't want to use the word high but it's a natural good feeling and it's like who wouldn't want that but there are certain things you need to do to feel this way and the one is stop eating some something that got murdered that didn't want to get murdered mm -hmm. yeah man yeah i, I think like 
especially with you and, and myself, like, you know, it's just like, just being the example, you know, you know, we can sit here and we get, we'll, we'll talk here and we'll, you know, thousands of people will listen, although a lot of them will already be vegan to begin with. Right. It's okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, but, you know, I think over the years, just the, the best way, at least with my abilities is to just go live it. And exactly what you said, like, people are always like, oh, like, you know, how are you doing these races? Or, you know, how do you always have energy and, and, you know, all these things. And it's just like, yeah, like, you know what I'm about. I talk about it all the time. You've seen my talks. You've, you've, you know, read my book. You, you know what I'm about. Like, you know, that's how I'm doing all of it. And I think it, that's just so powerful, especially with you and like what motivates me even more now. And I know you've been motivated another notch up with the whole vegan aspect before, you know, you were saying if it wasn't for the vegan thing, I think in the last one that maybe you wouldn't be racing as often. So yeah. it's cool to see you like super motivated again. But what motivates me is being your age and then being you know 80 and still doing it yeah you know and just making the decisions that compound day over day the things we're talking about already the exercise and the sleep the eating plants and just being the proof man you know i i i look at you as like my little brother or something god i'm getting old man <laughs> but i i say that with a lot of respect and a compliment because I look forward to what you do with everything that we're both doing because you got an earlier start than I did. You know, I, I do have a desire like you to be doing these when I'm, you know, 70 or 80. I hope I, I hope I can. Um, the way I'm going and what I'm eating, I have a better shot of getting there than if I'm not doing what I'm doing. But I look forward to what you're going to do in the future with this because it's going to surpass a lot of what I'm doing. And it's not a it's not a competition. It's a it's an excitement for me to watch other people like yourself who are younger than me. They're going to be able to do this stuff more effectively than what I did. And that that's great. I mean, that's humility, right? I'm back to empathy, humility and gratitude. And yeah. um, I can't wait. By the way, I'm going to be out in uh, August to see Guns N' Roses at Fenway. So I'm definitely going to come out and, and come to your restaurant and see you. Hell this yeah, time. man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We got to make it happen this time. I was that time you were here. It was it was last year or was it yeah. beginning of this year? Yeah, it, it was, was last year. September. Yeah, September. Yeah. It was just like, you know, we had, we had just opened that one and I was just my life was there was zero balance right. in my life at that point. But I will 100 uh, percent make the time this this time this time around, no doubt about it, man. Can I want to say one more thing about about the book? And I sound like you know I'm plugging this thing, but I am, and I I really don't pitch my other three books, um, but this one I am, and I I'm saying this to all the the fellow vegans out there, please get this book on Amazon. It, it's good, and it I want to get this message out, as I know all vegans do. This is really. It's a big book full of a lot of info, and I encourage everybody to get it, put it on social media, and please, you know, just support the movement, if you will, right? And um, plus, I want to get Milo's cute little face out there, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, let's, let, let's talk about Milo for a minute, because I think that whole idea of 
having a farm animal as a pet to me is just like that's the aha right that's like the i i get it now and you know having the pig that you know cuddled you just like a dog and and everything like that and in that in that ted talk that i gave i gave the example of of the pig and just you know seeing a pig that's struggling or in pain or um you know in a tough spot and just the natural human reaction is to help out that animal you know i don't care if you eat meat or you hunt or you wherever the hell you stand on on the spectrum like the the natural human instinct is to help that animal and you know we see this all the time too on the videos that go viral like the ones that blow my mind are you know like literally the hunter that's out he's got his you know orange vest on and get the rifle over his shoulder and there's like a eagle you know caught in some barbed wire or something or there's a a deer caught in something even it's the animal he's shooting from afar and he's out there to kill but it's in pain it's you know caught in a fence or something like that and the video goes viral because the the hunter spent an hour trying to get that animal free from that thing and it's still like he's he's out there to kill but the natural human reaction you know i feel like if he had to go and kill it with his bare hands i don't think he'd be out there hunting and i think that's just such a interesting example of the disconnect um of uh, of how we eat well even you're right and look at look at babies there's you know you ever see the video where they you put a baby and a and a, a pig or a cat or a rhinoceros or whatever the baby instinctively knows what to put in its mouth so where, mm. what happens and a lot of it is you know marketing and being told what's good because somebody else can make money off of it. All this is based off of money. You know, it's not based off of people that care about us as human beings. It's based off of how much money they can get off of it. You know, and I, oh boy, man, I don't know how this is going to go over again too, but the compassion that a hunter (laughs) has to take that deer that's caught in a fence, I, I don't get the concept of going out and getting all camouflaged up and carrying a gun and sitting in a fort and shooting something a hundred miles away or whatever. How about doing Ironman? You want a challenge? Do an Ironman. That's a sport. Killing something from 50 yards away. That's not a sport. You know, it's not challenge yourself to something that'll do something for you. And I, I mean, God, the, I don't understand some of this stuff. And you, you shoot a defense, defenseless animal and then take a picture holding its dead head up like that and showing that to your, your family or whatever. I, I don't, I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, what do you feel like now that you've, you're, you know, you're writing books and you're talking about this more, how do you feel the best way is to communicate to somebody that is, you know, they, they, they do reach out and they go, hey, hey, Todd, you know, what are you doing, man? Like, I, I see you crushing these races and and you seem to be, you know, really living this this healthy life. Like, you know, tell tell me about what you're doing. Like, what what's the best way to explain to someone in your experience, 
to kind of get them to see all the things we're talking about. There's a, a lot of people talk about being open-minded and that's a thing in the traditional treatment world. You know, be open-minded. Don't judge without prior investigation. Live and let live. Well, I, I want to see those things actually applied. And it, people will talk to me all the time. What bike do you ride? What shoes do you wear? How do you do this? And they're interested, interested, interested. And as soon as the topic of food comes up, most of the time the conversation stops. And it's almost like... I'm the smartest man in the world on some things. And then they look at me like I'm an idiot or I'm yeah. <laughs> a jerk or whatever. And I'm like, well, what happened? <laughs> why, exactly. why am now I am an idiot when I'm, I'm just showing you another thing that answers your question of what you want that I'm doing to help you. And it's like they want to pick, a, pick and choose what they're going to do. And that's fine. So one of the things, I, I ask a lot of questions. I show information and I ask questions. I do, I'm like you, buddy. I do not want to argue over this subject. And that's when I said, your opinion doesn't mean anything to me. Nothing. So just save it. I'm not interested in what your traditions are or what your grandpa did. It's irrelevant. Talk to me about facts. I'll, I'll have that conversation with you. People that are against veganism, they don't want to do that. They do not want to discuss facts. They want to talk about an opinion and, a, and a, a tradition, and that is irrelevant to me. And it's it's a very delicate sell. I used to be a pharmaceutical sales rep. I didn't want to be a salesman, but I become a salesman on what a healthy lifestyle really what it is and what it feels like, because I don't think people really know what health is. They think they know, but they don't know. You can't, you can't do an Ironman and have your muscles inflamed and then eat a hamburger and a cheese pizza and think that's healthy. You're increasing your inflammation. You're not decreasing it. And, and you just see people doing this, but they, you look at them and they're just wasted. And you look at people like yourself and you're like, well, what's up with that guy? Oh, he must be on drugs. He must be on steroids. He can't look that good after a race. You know, it's crazy. And I, I use a lot of humor in this too. Um, I just, I, I want this message of ours to be heard. And you know what? It's not even for us. It's for the innocent soul that's being killed in this. We benefit from not eating them. But the true vegan movement is about let's not hurt these innocent souls. And oh, by the way, when we don't do that, we can end world hunger. Our bodies will improve. People won't die. And oh, by the way, the climate's going to be okay for a while. We're not going to ruin our, our world. Not a bad trade-off. Amen. Amen. Was there, was there anything as you guys were doing the, the research and putting the facts that you have in the book... Was there anything on the health front that came up, like a study or any anything you found that was even new to you? Um, you know, you mentioned reversal of you know things like heart disease and type two diabetes and the things that we have we have shown you can reverse. Are there was there anything new? Did you learn anything new while writing the book on the health front? I I did, and I I don't 
I will have to see if I can remember the fact in it. But type 2 diabetes, it is being more common knowledge that that's caused directly from what people are eating, right? But there's some stuff in the book that's also talking about that type 1 diabetes that currently we're saying, oh, it's all genetic. Well, how does it become genetic? And it's actually starting to be shown what the mother is eating during pregnancy, that that's Crazy. what's actually causing type 1 diabetes. And that, that blew my mind because my dad's a type 1 diabetic. My grandfather was a type 1 diabetic. It, it killed my grandfather. My aunt, like I said, on my mom's side of the family, she developed it and they started chopping her limbs off because she wouldn't change her behaviors. And this was type 2 diabetes and she eventually took her life from it. My dad has, he's 78 and is still around with type 1 diabetes, which I'm thankful for. But it was shocking to learn that maybe the type 1 diabetes or what we thought it was, there's some research out that that's not entirely true. It's genetic, or they're claiming it's genetic because of what the mom is doing during her pregnancy. So ask any parent, you want your kids to be diabetic at born? And they're going to say no. And then they're going to have a hamburger for, for dinner. Mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot understand that. And people are not dumb. There's some intelligent people out there and they there's some type of disconnect. And I, it's not even, this is what I, I keep talking about this. These are not my opinions in this book. These are from, from physicians, from peer-reviewed medical journals that are showing this stuff. Uh, Game Changers is a great movie when they do the blood draw and they show the fat in the blood from people, the, the pro athletes that are eating this stuff and the guy that's not. How do you, how do you dispute that? Mm. But that, that was one big one. And even the cancers, that everybody's born with cancer cells. It just, what ignites cancer cells? Food. Um, the stuff with, even with type 2 diabetes. Why in the world is the Diabetes Foundation having, you know, type 2 carcinogens listed as a healthy food choice for a type 2 diabetic or a type 1 diabetic to eat? Mm. Why, are, why is that allowed? Well, there's a lot of money in that. Yeah, for sure, man. The, the, the thing that pisses me off is in the, in, the, in the hospitals, the actual food in the hospitals. I can't remember if I told you this last time, but um, I had a family member in the hospital with an addiction-related um, thing, and I couldn't, I couldn't bring him in healthy food. Like, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let outside food come into the, into the, that wing of the hospital. So, you know, I wanted to bring them some, a bunch, a bunch of juices and fruit and real food. And, you know, his freaking menu was like literally meatloaf, mac and cheese, hamburger, like at the hospital trying to recover from like a near death event. It just drove me fucking nuts, man. And that's. And that's Bo that's Boston. I mean, these are supposedly some of the best hospitals in the world, and they're they just keep you sicker longer. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's so the, frustrating. Well, and who's reaping the benefits of that? There's a contract with whoever's making that food. Now, let's not even call it food. Who's ever bringing in the dead carcasses is getting paid for that. 
So the, it's a it's a I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine type of thing. I let's I want to talk about this. Uh, I mentioned race for the cure earlier, and this is in um, what the health. This blew my mind, and I, I'm going to equate it to what I was doing or am doing. If I was taking what's the if I was taking thirty million dollars from Budweiser as a sponsor, and then talking about having people not drink, I would get lynched. <laughs> I would be murdered, you know, criticized, whatever, right? So I want to get this straight. Yogurt, which is a form of coagulated cow pus from an animal that causes cancer. And I'm not going to name the, the type of yogurt, but there's a major yogurt sponsor at the tune of 30 to $35 million for Race of the Cure. Their product causes breast cancer. Now, somebody explain that to me. And that thing is supported like it is and it's a horrible it's a horrible thing that happens to women and i hope they find an end to it but we're we're serving and sponsoring an organization that is causing the prod it's causing the cancer yeah why are we doing that yeah man there's a there there's, there's a the the pan mass challenge here in in massachusetts is is the same way um, you know, it's, it's a 200 mile bike ride, you know, it's the biggest, as far as I know, it's, it's the biggest fundraiser for the biggest cancer institutes in the world, you know, Dana Farber and, or at least in the U S and, um, you know, thousands and thousands of people ride, ride from Boston all the way down to the tip of Cape Cod across Massachusetts in a, it, it's a great event, right. but at the end they're serving hamburgers, hot dogs, ice cream, you know, Sam Adams beer. And it's like, it's, it's to raise money for cancer. And so I, I did it one year with, with a buddy who's a cancer survivor who, who is, who is vegan himself, but, uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it again. I refused to, to it just because of the, it, it's just insanity. Good for you. You know, why can't you take that opportunity with thousands of people to show why after the event, you know, we're, we're eating salads and we're eating fruit and we're, you know, there's a smoothie bar there and you can, where everybody's still dancing and having a good time. It's like, why couldn't you, it's just frustrating to me. I agree. Even with, with Ironman, I was, when I did Ironman in 2019, it was, it was sponsored by Vega. It was awesome. I'm like, that's right. Yeah. I'm doing this one. I use their stuff. I love it. Um, couple other Ironmans that have been out, they're sponsored by some type of, you know, dairy or meat thing, I, I won't do the event. You yeah. know, I'm, I can't, I feel, I feel hypocritical if I'm, if I'm doing that, you know, and I get asked that, Hey man, you doing, I don't want to name that, whatever that race sponsored by whatever. And I'm like, no, I won't. I, 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 I think Ironman Hawaii 2019 was the, the proudest race I've ever done. It was because of Ironman Hawaii, the sponsorship of it, and the fact that I was fortunate enough to be there again. That was great, you know, um, and I, I wish they would sponsor more of them. I mean, COVID hit, they had to change it or whatever, but that, I'm like, I'll get behind this. Yeah, was that the Jan Frodeno year? <laughs> yeah, yes, he didn't, uh, he didn't win it that year, right? Oh, he or, didn't, I thought he, 
I'm thinking of the one. I don't know how many times Vega has has been the sponsor, but one. I know Jan won it when there were you know there was the big Vega symbol right at the finish line. Then it had to have been, but I thought that's the. I don't. You know what? God, well, maybe only, I'm wrong. It was only four years ago. See, this is what drugs do to you. I can't remember, but I. <laughs> I, I thought that was the one that, uh, you know what? We got to Google that while we're talking. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, I will. I will. 2019. Yeah. I, I'm going to say it was not Jan that year. Let's see here. October 11, 2019. It was Jan. Okay. Tim I'm O'Donnell on. second. Okay. Finlay third. All right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. How do real quickly? What do you, do you think, Jan? You know, I mean, he's going to race worlds over in Nice this year, I assume, right? I think I, so. Yeah, he's supposed to. He's supposed to race early June, right? Whatever okay. uh, seventy point three that is. Um, yeah, man. I I hope he I hope he comes back and starts winning again. Yeah, that dude. I mean, even yeah, go ahead. even just the Ibiza the Ibiza one there. Like just to come off the sidelines and whatever he was, top five or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's that's savage, man. Unreal, and, right. I, I hope he puts the young guys in their place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, it's it's interesting watching Sebastian Keenley do his his final tour like that. I think it's pretty cool that he's going out the way he's going out. You know, I mean, I got a lot of mm. respect for that dude still out grinding away any anybody at that level i admire their athletic abilities i wonder what they would how many of them are are plant-based you know what they would do if they what would change if they did become vegan a lot that's mm -hmm. a that's a study i'd like to see and even in our world of iron man before and after on a performance level they'd get better I know they would. Yeah, exactly. Even just even just taking like one of the Norwegians that have all that data and doing a week of training normal and then a week of training on plant-based diet and measure all those biomarkers. Oh, yeah. It'd be so fascinating to see. Right. Yeah. Tell me, I want to know this. How was New York running – or Boston, so sorry. It was Boston. It was Boston. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. And thank you for supporting, by the way. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, um – Oh man, like I'm telling you, it it really was, you know, I've done a lot of a, a lot of different races in different places and uh there I haven't done anything like Boston. Um I mean from the from the very start, even pre-race when you're walking, you know, out in this tiny ass town in the middle of Massachusetts, you're walking from the school that, you know, yeah. you get off the bus and unload you to the start line it is mobbed you know just all the people that live in the houses around there it's like a huge event just for that town just the start and then it's non-stop the entire 26 miles yeah it's uh awesome. it was special man in, in the uh the the final you know stretch everybody says you know the turn onto boylston is unbelievable and i was like ah you know it's probably like any other you know big big race but Man, it felt like it felt like you were like, you know, in Fenway Park during the ALCS. Like just the way the the buildings on either side echo the sound and 
people are yelling and I mean it was just it was a really cool really cool like amateur athlete experience yeah I, that's so cool yeah. you got to do that man I, I love it that's good what do you what's your what's your race schedule this year are we gonna meet up anywhere what are you doing I gotta man like I, I gotta I gotta set mine I, I um, I'm definitely doing Maine again just because that's a super easy one for me travel wise and my my girlfriend's parents are up there so definitely doing Maine again. Um, I'll definitely do some like trail race marathons in the fall. But other than that, I gotta I gotta pick my schedule, and I've been waiting um, because I have a new, I have a new business I'm working on. I don't know if you've seen it um, called Plant Athletic, and it's it's all uh, cycling, triathlon, endurance sports gear. Um, obviously, all plant based materials, and that's kind of our, our marketing angle. Um, but I'm going to be creating a, a lot of content around the, around the races for that and wearing all the gear. Um, so I'm just waiting until I know exactly where we are at company wise. And then I'm going to pick a bunch of races. I'll sign up last minute, but I don't have any other than Maine. I don't have any on the, on the calendar. Well, I want to talk a bunch. Well, I want to talk to you after this about how racing for recovery can be involved in that. And I'd be honored to wear anything you want me to wear, you know, I'll Hell yeah. throw my logo on it, promote each other, whatever. But that's something, if you need a, a partner or support in some way, that's something I definitely would love us to get behind, man, for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That would be awesome. I was going to hit you up once the, uh, once our new kits came in anyway. So yeah, I, yeah. you know, get me one. I, I'll wear it for whatever things I'm doing. I, I'm doing a 14 or 15 of them this year, whatever. Um, you, got, I, you got another another 14 or 15 planned? Yeah, it's yeah. I'm I'm actually doing Massachusetts on what June 11th. I'm coming out that way and doing that one. I don't know how yep. close that is to where you guys are. Yeah, it's like it's probably two and a half hours from Boston. Okay. Well, yeah. like I said, I'll be out to see you in, in August, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing a bunch. I have a picture book of my 100 races, uh, coming out sometime this year as well that I'm finishing up. So yeah, still doing the same stuff, you know, but again, I'd, I'd be honored to wear one of your kits, man. I'll get behind that for sure. hundred percent, man. Yeah. When they come in, I'll, I'll send you one. Um, yeah. And then maybe we can do some custom ones down the line with the racing, yeah. racing for recovery killer yeah. yeah anything oh, else man. you want to cover where did we hit it you know man i i think we did it i think we did a decent job is there anything else like we missed that about the book that you want to you want to touch on maybe anything that you think is uh would be impactful for people to hear or anything new you learned as you were writing it well i i, I will talk about this the, the circuses and the um like the horse-drawn carriages that are in the major cities, horse racing, dog racing, the, all this stuff is in the book. And those are some of the things I'm like, man, you know, what are we doing? Um, aquariums, zoos, I, they're prisons. You know, they're, they're prisons, man. And, and learning the, once again, the economic uh, benefits that certain businesses or people are reaping the benefits of the suffering off of somebody else. It's not, it's just not right. Uh, 
So those were some of the things that really put some things into perspective. I haven't done a zoo in a long time, but just having that information in the book and reading about it and the, the industry and how the animals, they're suffering from it is, it's, it's just sad, man. The whole book to me is a really, it's putting the mirror up to yourself and learning about this stuff. And then what are you going to do? You know, it's like, how can anybody learn about this stuff and say, you know what? I, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. I, I, I have a friend, uh, our sons play hockey together. And he told me flat out, he goes, I don't give an F about the animals. And I'm like, you know what? I can respect somebody that flat out says something like that. I don't agree with it, but I can respect it as opposed to trying to give me some other justification of it. You know, um, I just don't, uh, I just want to see people be more compassionate, more aware, be willing to be educated like we are in anything else. We want our kids to go to school and learn a bunch of things that they're never going to use in their life. How about going to school and reading something that's actually going to save your life? Mm. Yeah. I, I, to your, to your friend there, I, I suppose, right. It's, uh, at least he's being honest with himself to some degree, right? That's, that's apparently his stance. Do you think if, and I don't know, I don't know this person and I hate to use him as an example here not to speak badly about him or anything, but do you think if he changed from a lifestyle perspective, like at least for me, I find it hard to have that type of stance in life the i don't give a fuck about someone stance unless like i i I can't be in that place if i'm taking care of myself like when i'm in a good place and i'm eating super well and i'm working out and i'm sleeping well and i'm getting together with friends and connecting with other people and i'm i'm really chugging along like you're not in a place to say I don't give a fuck about somebody. Yeah. Um, so, do you think if if there was a lifestyle change, do you think that impacts the the compassionate element? Well, it's it's a good question and it's interesting. People will say they want to make a lifestyle change with respect to like I got to cut out sugar, and 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 yeah. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but if you just because you're cutting out sugar here, and putting a type two carcinogen in your body over here. What are you doing? I I don't understand that. Do it all. I mean, when I was doing drugs, I didn't do, you know, half a gram of cocaine or drink half a bottle of whiskey. It's like I did it all. And health is the same thing to me. We don't, why are we doing health half-assed? Why are we doing that? Do you want, again, let's use education with our kids. Do you want your kids just to do 50% on an exam? No, do your best, do it all, do it to the best of your ability. But for this topic, again, people, they, they don't want to do it. And I, I don't understand that. You know, when, you know, when things really start to hit and I've seen this too, wait till a medical crisis comes up. Then, then you're like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to, I want to do over. I want to fix something. You know, it's like how many people are dying of heart disease, heart attacks, all the things we've talked about, the top 10 killers of everybody in the world are from eating shitty food. And nobody wants to do anything about it until it affects them or their loved one. And that, that's exactly. when the crisis comes, you know? And I'm like, 
You know, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. You know, even we're just talking. I look, God, I love talking to you. Think of every, <laughs> Same, parent, every parent wants the best for their kids. So how do you tell your kid, for example, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad for you. And then you give your kid a cheeseburger that's developing, you know, clogged arteries by the time they're four or five years old. They're overweight. The obesity in kids in the United States is pathetic. And there's stats in the book about that as well. What's the difference? You know, why don't, don't, God forbid you're, and I'm not condoning smoking weed or doing cocaine either, but holy cow, you do that. It's like, we got a problem, but yet you're, you're killing yourself with food, but go get good grades. You know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. This is a good book. I, I don't know. It's either going to, I have a feeling this is either going to just blow up and be what I know it can be, or somebody's going to beat me over the head with it until I shut up. One of the two. I, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but I, hey, I know, you know, probably both. If it blows up, you're going to get more people trying to beat you over the head too. <laughs> yeah. I've already been criticized for putting it on Amazon. I've been told it costs too much, you know, or, and I'm like, okay, man, whatever. Just bring, I welcome all that stuff. You know, yeah. I take it on so many levels. It doesn't even bother me. At least the, they're being aware of it. And if I'm irritating them, great. I hope they, they learn something from it. That's all that counts. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, congrats on the book. You, Thanks, said, you said it's book number four? It's book number four. It's on Amazon. It's on racingforrecovery.org. Um, please check it out. If you're, if, please, if you're a vegan, please buy this book and promote it. Just one time. Put it up on your social thing. Let's get the message out there. Um, you know, if people buy it directly from us, from watching your show, if you buy the book directly from us, I'll send out a free T-shirt or a hat or another copy of one of our books just to get this in people's hands, you know. So I, w I just want to get it out there, and I thank you very much for having me on today. 100% buddy it's always always good to talk with you and keep please keep inspiring not only myself but but everyone right uh, on, you know you 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 it, it's 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 a big difference when somebody that walks the walk right writes a book like this yeah. um so yeah man congrats keep going um and, and I'll share the heck out of it for sure cool I'll see you in August buddy I'll be there all right, brother. I love it. I might, who knows? I might, I might end up signing up for Massachusetts in uh, a couple weeks if there's still some open slots. You know what? When we I'm get always to, ready to go. Yeah. If you want to do it, I'm getting a, I'll get a place up there. You're more than welcome to stay with us, you know, all good. So if you want to do it, let me know and we'll hook up. I will, man, for sure. Okay, bud. Okay.